When we think about Thanksgiving, a few different things probably come into our minds. I mean, obviously, we think about the exorbitant amounts of food that we're going to eat, especially the pie. I'm very excited about the pie tomorrow. Or if, if you're a sports family, maybe you might think about watching football together or making plans for Black Friday shopping, which is also very close to football. Uh, but maybe you think about the history of the event, right? And how, uh, how Native Americans and the pilgrims gathered together to share supplies before winter. But regardless of what you think about, the point of Thanksgiving is none of those. Instead, the point is that our eyes would be refocused on the Lord our God who blesses us with good things. Tonight, to prepare our hearts for Thanksgiving Day, let's take a look at our first reading in Psalm 96, where the first seven verses are all talking about how it encourages us to sing praises to God, to proclaim his salvation, to declare all that he has done. And, and all of these exhortations funnel down and are summarized in verse 8, where it says, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. That sounds pretty simple. But one of the many things we learn from Scripture, especially the story of the ten lepers, is that thankfulness does not come to us naturally. We have the ten lepers who were healed and whose lives were changed. Only one turned back and gave thanks to Jesus for his gift. And the same is true in our own lives. How quickly we forget the ways that, that God has provided for us. And this is especially true in our prayer lives. I mean, think about the times when we've, we've prayed for healing and for help and for safety and for wisdom, and the list goes on. And then when God answers those prayers and he provides for us in his love, we fail to notice because we've already moved on to the next need or want. Thankfulness does not come to us naturally. Or think about when, we ha when we're training our kids and they, you know, they celebrate a, a birthday or a Christmas or something like that. And they open the gift and what do you say? We have to train them to say thank you because thankfulness doesn't come naturally to us. We struggle to ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. And that struggle really, it happens in two seemingly opposite ways. So for some, the, the challenge is to see God's blessings in the small things. And for others, the challenge is to recognize the grandeur and the gravity of God's greater gifts. So first, let's talk about missing God in the small and simple things. Have you ever seen the show, Kids Say the Darndest Things? And it's an incredibly simple premise. Uh, the idea is you just sit down with a child, you interview them, and you allow them to answer honestly and fully. In fact, I want to share with you just a short clip of the, of the, of the show. So let's watch that. Green, uh, with Thanksgiving and all, we're supposed to be thankful. What are you thankful for? I'm an American. Ah, you are an American. That's good. I'm glad you're thankful for that. You, um, you know what an American is? What is an American? Someone who lives in California. Very good. Who's the most important man in the world today, in your opinion? George Washington. George Washington. That's right. He's married, isn't he? 
Yes, sir. Do you know who his wife is? Miss America. Roxanne Burns, what's your favorite Bible story? About the wine. Where? Where did it happen? When Jesus, when Jesus was born. When Jesus went where? At the wedding. At the wedding. What did he turn? What did he? How did he make the wine? With his power. Out of what? Did he make the wine? Water. That's right. Now, when Jesus made the water into wine at the wedding, that's the story. What do we learn from that story? We learned the more wine we get, the better the wedding is. It's not wrong. <laughs> Kids say the darndest things. Now, one of the questions that was in that video kind of struck me. What are you thankful for? It was the first one in the video. And when you ask a child what they're thankful for, I mean, I absolutely love their answers because they're often extremely specific, right? What are you thankful for? I'm thankful for ladybugs, especially the ones with lots of dots. I'm thankful for the color green because it's my favorite. I'm thankful for soapy suds at bath time. Extremely specific. It's like, it's almost as if a child sees the world as this candy store of God's goodness, where everything is a blessing, and it's all gift. But as adults, it seems to get blurred together. So we fail to notice the, the individual aspects of God's work. And so if you ask an adult, what are you thankful for? Their response is often much more general. All his blessings or family and friends. Now, it's not wrong to voice thanksgiving for those things. That, that's, those are great. But it is appropriate to ponder if we've really allowed ourselves to consider God's work in those blessings. Or, or are we just giving God lip service and just mentioning the shortest and simplest thing we can think of? Just all of his things, all the blessings. Have we become too lazy to take the time to appreciate God and his work. Or perhaps it's not laziness that gets us, but busyness, striving. As Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around every once in a while, you could miss it. Now, that's a fictional character, but his words actually carry a lot of truth. We can become so busy chasing our, our careers or our hobbies or checking off the to-do lists that we stop appreciating the aspects of life. Busyness can make us stop caring for what we really care about. And many of us have been in the situation where we're focused on an errand, right? We've got to get this task done. And then you have someone tapping your shoulder, dad, 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 dad. And all you want to do is just finish this errand. And so what do you end up doing? You start yelling at your kid, hush. Or leave me alone. And then you look to see what they were going to show you. And you know, it's a picture that they drew for you because they love you. And you just got done yelling at them. We stop caring for the people that we really care about. 
or the list of chores go, grows longer and longer. And suddenly this thing that we once really enjoyed has now become a burden to us. Busyness makes us stop caring for what we really care about. And when that happens, the world seems a little darker and a little more lonely. We failed to see the Lord and all of his blessings, let alone thank him for them. And that's really the first mindset that keeps us from thanksgiving is we miss God in the simple and in the small things. Because we're so busy going from thing to thing to thing. And it hinders us from ascribing to the Lord the glory due his name. Now, the second mentality that keeps us from being thankful is almost the opposite. Instead of missing God in the small things, it's being so content with the small things that we fail to see God's greater blessings. You know, there's a song in the hymnal that speaks to this. And here's the first two verses. It says, forgive us, Lord, for shallow, thanks, for shallow thankfulness, for dull content with warmth and sheltered care. For songs of praise for food and harvest press, while of your richer gifts, we are unaware. Teach us to thank you, Lord, for love and grace, for life and vision, for a purpose clear, for Christ, your Son, and for every human face that shows your message ever new and near. Now, the hymn is not telling us that, you know, it's not okay. You shouldn't thank the Lord for simple blessings like warmth or food. Of course not. It's that we shouldn't limit our thankfulness to just those things. We shouldn't forget the gravity and the grandeur of God's greater blessings. But we often do. We can be like those, those nine lepers who were so satisfied with their newfound health that they didn't seek out the greater blessing of knowing Jesus. We can fail to recognize and give thanks for the richer gifts of God, the identity that he's given to us in the waters of baptism, or the grace that he feeds us, feeds to us in Holy Communion, or the open line of communication we have to, with him in prayer, or his promises to us that are written and recorded in the scriptures. You see, we have been much too enamored with the gifts of this world, so much so that we ignore God's eternal blessings. We've settled for shallow thankfulness. So which camp do you fall into? Are you so busy running from thing to thing that you fail to see God's daily provision? Or are you so content with those daily provisions that you can't see his spiritual ones? Or perhaps you're like me and it's a mix of both. I like the way Luther described the human condition. He, can, he described it as a drunkard staggering down the hallway, and he's staggering from wall to wall to wall. And, and I think that's kind of how we see ourselves, how we find ourselves in this situation. We find ourselves bouncing between these two forms of thanklessness. But regardless of which wall we're stumbling into, both create a heart where we take God's blessings for granted where we do not ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. And yet our thanklessness does not hinder God's faithfulness. In the story of the ten lepers, all ten were healed of, the le of their leprosy, whether they returned to Jesus or not. 
See, God, in his loving compassion for his wayward creation, continues to bless us with all that we need for our daily lives. I mean, Jesus himself tells us that God causes his son to rise on the evil and on the good. And he sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. Or like we said last Sunday, the Lord is the God who provides, even in the midst of grumbling, even in our forgetfulness. And yet God's not satisfied with that. He's not satisfied with just giving to us his daily provision. He's not satisfied with healing physical ailments. Instead, he comes to heal us of the far greater disease of sin. And he has done it by sending Jesus Christ to be our Savior, to be our great physician. And Christ walked among his sinful creation and he healed his people and he taught them the truth of the kingdom of God and he forgave their sins. And for all of Christ's blessings, the people were thankless. And they cried out, crucify him. And they nailed him to the cross. They spit upon him. They denounced his blessings. And yet Jesus suffered the nails and he suffered the insults and, and the pain and all of it. And in the midst of all of it, he looked on them with love and he prayed, Father, forgive them. And he prays the same thing over you and over me in our times of thanklessness. And the good news is this, is that God has forgiven us. Because Jesus shed his blood on the cross, our sins are paid for and our guilt is taken away. In Christ, God does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. See, this, this is the greater and eternal blessing of God, that our sins are forgiven, that we have everlasting life through Jesus Christ who died and is risen. And in response to all that he does, let us ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. And that, that is only done in faith. See, in the gospel lesson, when the Samaritan leper returns to praise God, Jesus tells him this. He says, your faith has made you well. But what, is, what does he mean, well? I mean, all ten lepers were healed of their leprosy. But this one was made well. Now, it's not like that the other nine are all going to you know, revert back to their leprosy. No, it's that this man was given something more than just clean skin. He had received a clean heart, a thankful heart, a heart filled with faith. And in faith, he ascribed to the Lord the glory due his name. And it's the same gift of faith that was given to little Cooper this evening in his baptism. It looked small and it looked simple just pouring water on him. But God used that water to plant faith in the heart of that boy. And he's now been marked as one redeemed, one whose name is written in the book of life. And his identity is more than just Cooper, David Young. He is a child of God and an heir of heaven and a sinner now made saint. And so are you. And so am I. That same gift of faith was given to you in your baptisms. 
And it's given again and again and again as you hear God's word. And it is your faith in Jesus Christ that makes you well. God gives to us daily provisions and daily blessings, small and simple things. And he's given us great, massive, spiritual and eternal blessings. But for all that God has done, let us ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name.